Jake Curtis, Rulak. can I get a yeehaw? Yeehaw! Bam, 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 bam. Talking about that MF Doom song? Got the place going yeehaw. <laughs> Are you going to do an I intro? I thought if I played a beat <laughs> on this drum machine long enough, you would start making a song, but it's all good. Yeehaw, one and all. I'm Ian McCurtis. You already know that was Jake Curtis. This is Jubilee Street, a music podcast. Today we are talking Yeehaw! about... There we go. Today we're talking about the album Bronco by the masked vigilante, the masked villain, some might say. Orville Peck. You know I recall somebody saying there ain't no cowboys left. MF Peck, that's another mashup album I'll make one day. I can't wait to hear that mashup album. It's going to be up there with the the Grey album. Classic. Okay, Jake, so to, to start off... I'm gonna get right into it. I'm not not I'm not trying to put you on blast at all. I say this with love. Earlier this week, put me on blast. You were like, I don't. Oh man. No, l- listen. I, I gotta. I gotta. No, I'm I'm ready. I I, I hear the griddle <laughs> heating up. I hear the the oil popping. Earlier this week, you texted okay. me and you're like, I'm not sure if I want to do this episode. I don't know if I really like this album. And I feel like in the course of knowing you. You you connect with like folky kind of music, like the Neil Young uh, kind of flavor, but you've never been like a straight up country guy. So I just want to like open up a dialogue because there's there's types of country music I don't like either, and I want to talk this through. What is it about this genre that doesn't connect to you? Let's dive into your psyche. Um, I think the whole thing that Orville Peck plays with on this record is like in general what i don't like about country music in the in the sort of like the sort of twang that i can't tell is forced or not and now that i've heard his i heard his like speaking voice on his uh what's in my bag from amoeba mm-hmm. i'm like you know it's clearly like he has like you can put that twang on yourself you know um country i i you know i think a lot about how like the dixie chicks stood up to like Bush and you know they're a big country music act and they got like shunned from the country community for doing that you know all that all that kind of stuff like country is immediately tainted by like you know I know you're not supposed to say redneck anymore but like redneck like you know salt of the earth kind of people and I think that all of that kind of like coagulated and you know I don't I don't know like what do what do we really know that's like like we know modern country like Garth Brooks and Tim McGraw those are always the names that come to me but that's not even like what real country is like you know I think about Johnny Cash and even like the later era Elvis stuff I think has a lot of country twang to it and um, I think it's one of those I think it's one of those last lingering like responses that we all have in like middle school where it's like I like everything except for rap yeah. and country and then I I started loving rap and now I but I still didn't like country. Yeah. 
Your little whisper, yeah, was so good I there. Just, <laughs> that was such a weird thing yeah. in middle school that was like, oh, if you like everything but rap and country, you have good taste. Yeah, but if you like, but it's but it's like you know. So then those poor kids who loved the June Carter band and the the Carter family band, like you know, who were on like real good shit, like they were just like, you're, it's like, don't worry, like you just you bloom you bloomed earlier than all these other jackasses who were listening to Ludacris. Um, so anyway, um, so it's more of for a- me to connect with music. I, I I feel like I have to. I don't I don't know what it is. I I've never really known like. I think that country is cooler to me now that I have liked Neil Young, which is basically just Canadian country music. Um, and I honestly think like having listened to Nick Cave is as long as I, for as long as I do, um, or have been doing since the podcast, like Nick Cave is at times country music. I mean, there's an argument to be made that there's a lot of through line here with Orville Peck and Nick Cave. So, you know, I've just been. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I've been thinking about this idea a lot this week because I feel I think I like more country than you do, but I feel in a similar way. A lot of the country I like is the stuff I heard as a kid, um, like Chrissy's family would listen to. So you sent that Bobby Gentry song family. today, that kind of stuff, that like seventies kind of uh, George Jones and. The, the kind of era that's like after Johnny Cash. I, I heard a lot of that, and when I hear it now, I really love it. Like it's nostalgic for me. Uh, Patsy Cline, like that kind of stuff, really connects to me. Which is, I, I think, why I like Orville Peck so much because that's kind of the era he's calling back to. But but anyway, on the country music, this might have been you who told me this, Jake. So I'm sorry if I'm stealing this idea from you. Someone once told me about how if they're seeing a comedian do stand up. If they know that they're like a progressive and a good person, so like uh, Tim Heidecker, he mm-hmm. can make an offensive joke and you feel okay to laugh at it because you know he's joking because you know the kind of person he is. Because he's in yeah. on it. But if you just see a random person, you might not laugh because you don't know like at what level is this a joke? Like, are they racist? Like, you know, you don't, you're not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I feel about country music. A, a lot of it. I have such a stigma in my head that country artists are like racist, ignorant people that I, and that's, that's a wrong stereotype for me to have. I know country music has a long line of like great people. I mean, Dolly Parton is like one of the best people in our country, but I feel like I I sort of need to know something about the person. So Orville Peck having the mask and being weird and being involved with the drag community and then finding out he's gay. I was like, Okay, I know I know he's not just some like suburban dude drinking Bud Light and playing cornhole and trying to get black people to move out of his neighborhood. Like mm-hmm. I, I was able to meet him halfway, even though it's a genre of music I don't normally like, because I knew he wasn't the kind of person I don't like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think there's an argument to be made that we are kind of made a lot by the music that we're exposed to as kids and country wasn't really like on the radio with my family. Like my mom listened to Bonnie Raitt, Jackson Brown, James Taylor. She loved queen. Like, um, 
I grew up on rock and roll, and then with my dad, he kept like hip hop in the car until he decided he didn't want to anymore. But he had like some like clean hip hop albums that he'd play with for us as kids, and a Rush like record. What? And so like, I, I just don't really like Will Smith. Nah, it was those like now that's what I call dance uh, music, okay. and they'd have like, like rap interludes of, and stuff yeah. like that on there. Like you remember that song Froggy Style? No. Oh, dude, great song Froggy Style. Froggy Look it up. Style. Um. But My favorite sex position. Like, <laughs> um, you just like splay all your your arms and legs are totally splayed. Yeah, out. I'll, I'll post a video on the on the Jubilee Street Instagram, uh, just, uh showing you all a demonstration. Okay. On a Nick Cave right. doll. Uh, on a Nick Cave. Okay, good. I so you got the Nick Cave sex doll I sent you in the mail. Oh, that was from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, so that, that I sent it from an, an anonymous address because I wanted you to guess yeah, who I it was, was just, but uh, loyal, I, loyal it had fan. been. Well, it was weird. You haven't said anything about it, and you got it like two months ago. So that that clearly that thing's been getting a workout. Yeah, I didn't want anyone. If you know the, want anyone to know because it because I sent it with a copy of the Kama Sutra because you know (laughs) Froggy style. As people, that's what I learned about Froggy style. (laughs) As the people know, like you live alone in a bunker because you're from an alternate dimension, and you know your dick is so radioactive from the 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 dimensional warp that you. You can't have sex with anyone here, but so so we have to get you these realistic sex dolls, and you know, naturally it fit the your interests, you know. I, you're speaking straight to my soul. Uh, well, you were getting into the soul of that doll, if I if I may say so myself. Anyway, and I, I, I'll, I'll cut myself off there. Uh, what, what were we what were we going on about? So yeah, so I was talking about how I just wasn't exposed to country music. I know there's a lot of good country music. I think that there. I think, fuck. I I want to I want to come up with a compelling reason why the genre does not appeal to me. But I find that those layers are being open to me. Well, can I hit you with a theory? Both by you. Yeah, 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 definitely. I just want to say one last thing. I do find that these layers are being opened up to me by people like you, Mike. And uh, Haley actually listened like she loves like Loretta Lynn, and um, I think her name's Helen Reddy. She has mm-hmm. like I yeah. am a woman, hear me roar. That like so like, and I love that fucking Bobby Gentry song I sent you, and I learned about all that from reading about um, Orville Peck. So go 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 with what you were gonna say. I just wanted to finish that thought. It took me until like you know well into being an adult to realize this. This wasn't like something I consciously realized as a kid, but. Yeah, I feel like in the time we grew up, country radio music was more more about like just celebrating suburbia than anything else, you know? Yeah, it was just glorifying like hanging out at your local bar and your tractor and like your lawnmower, <laughs> like just dumb red solo cups. Like it was just about like some Hank Hill shit. It was just about like suburban life more than it was Hip. about anything else. And then when I go back and listen to, there, there's current artists that do this too, but the country music that would have been popular in decades before, it really hits you that it's like the most American form of music because one of the like bad parts of American culture is how like isolationist we are, you know? We've been yeah. we've been talking about this on the Ghost Teen episodes, how we feel like we have to go through things on our own. Mm-hmm. A lot of other cultures are a lot more like collective, a lot more community uh, focused. 
Americans aren't. Mm-hmm. I think country music, that whole like mm-hmm. cowboy thing, like that speaks to like um, that is America. Like I'm a loner. Yeah. I deal with things on my own. I carry these burdens. What I like about a lot of the classic country music is it doesn't glorify that. It's just like this is the way I am, and these are the struggles with it. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with like rap music. I don't like drug rap that like glorifies drugs, but I like drug rap that is like, this is my life and this is what it's like. There's like a fine balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like country. It's like Drakeo the Ruler. I, I like country music that's like. Yeah, I'm a loner, but like it's not always for the best, and or, that's what Oral Peck these songs are about. Or like, there's so much like desperation and loneliness in these songs, and I find it beautiful. Well, I think that's the best way to describe the album. You just said it. He grew up from the last one was Pony, and now he's a Bronco. Well, I think I'm. I think you'll be happy to hear that I had a complete 180 turn an opinion on this album have you heard the first one i love this album i actually okay so it's funny same thing happened on that record that happened for this one except i didn't have to do a podcast about it Mm -hmm. i played the first track and i wasn't immediately drawn in and i never played it again and i have not heard a song by orville peck since like 2019 or 2020 okay probably whenever you shared it. So that day I texted you, I was having a really bad day at work and I was stressed out because I wanted to start listening to the album to prepare for it. But I think my negative day impacted my availability to the music. That happens to me all the time. So I, um, I put it away and then I came back to it on Tuesday and I was like, oh wait, I, 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 I'm going to see where this goes after Daytona sand hit and I was like, I think there's something special here and I'm glad I stuck with it. Cause I've listened to the album like four times now. So I asked, I would like, you don't have to do this tomorrow or anything, but at some point in the future you should listen to the first one. And I want to know what you think about it. It has a lot of like sort of goth and post-punk elements to it. Almost like there's the spookiness to it. There's mm-hmm. these guitar tones I first heard one of his songs on the radio and I was like, this sounds like if, you know, like Depeche Mode and Joy Division, like, did country. Um, and then this album is just pretty, all that's pretty much gone. It's a traditional country album. I would, I just wanted to know which of the two styles you preferred. Well, there's a strong influence of, like, Morrissey on these vocals, right? I mean, Dude, that's pretty much a given. I think that all the time. I... I you know, fuck Morrissey, but he has one of those voices where, like, I could just Got a great voice. hear him sing the dictionary and I'd be, like, enthralled. And it brings me to something that, like, I don't put much stock into modern pitchfork, just the quality of writing. But, dude, this review they did for the Horrible Peck album, I don't know if you saw it. They gave it, like, a, I don't know, like a six or something. Yeah, it was a pretty bad review for how I was... And I did not agree with it. So the whole review is like really positive. It's like talking about how great it sounds, where they recorded it, the songwriting. Oh, you're right. And I was like, you're right. Yeah. So why did it get a low score? And then the last paragraph, they're like, all that would be great if his voice wasn't so terrible. It's amelodic. He can't carry a tune. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? 
I, yeah, I find that his seems voice like to such be a beautiful. Nitpick. I don't know how you could call it amelodic. Well, um, I would say that both of us come from a school of musical interests where, like, the tone of the voice is never, never more important. Like, the fact that the the voice is in tune is never like more important than like anything. Like, it doesn't it doesn't ruin an experience for us because we listen to like screamy music and punk music and a lot of punk singers can't really sing but we also like learned how to sing and write songs from these like punk guys who just like picked up a guitar and happened to be really good songwriters you know and i think that's the thing is pitchfork the per- person who probably reviewed this was probably comparing this to other more immaculate sounding country records and they were like this doesn't sound as like produced like we don't like this like you can even hear auto tune on his voice in some songs and it works really well and I was gonna, it's funny that you brought that up. I thought you would completely glaze over that because I know you don't always like to bring up those like negative aspects, but I never once noticed any kind of like glaring error like they, they mentioned. Yeah, I just, I mean, maybe they hear something I don't. I find his, his voice to be beautiful. Like I, that's the thing that drew me mm-hmm. into his music. Um, to go back to what you said about the darker earlier material, last night I did put on shuffle on YouTube like all of his music videos and some of his after I, I, he has like at least five videos for the new record. Yeah, that dude um, is making and there's a and lot making of videos. He loves making videos. I mean, the whole the whole thing is like about theatrics, mm-hmm. but the the older material it, ugh, material definitely has like a darker like post punk kind of sound to it that's really cool and it's just it's interesting because like a lot of this music doesn't sound like country music to me like it sounds very like its own thing and i think it just further solidified to me that like genre placing genres on things just makes no sense like you know it's ironic that I would like shit on country that talks about like hanging out with your girl and riding a tractor, but I can listen to like a fucking valet or a playboy Cardi song about nothing where they're just like blipping and bleeping. And I like love that shit, but it's really no different than like what people are talking about with country music. So, um, yeah, no, I I found his I find his voice to be pretty breathtaking at times, and also this album is just so damn catchy. I've been like singing, uh, "Curse of the Black and Die" has been stuck in my head, just been humming it all day. Yeah, I mean, the first record might be more of my thing as far as its influences, but he stepped up the songwriting to another level. I mean, the choruses on like every song are just amazing. The harmonies, like everything, is just so well crafted i want to talk about his Mm -hmm. character i guess we should have said this at the top but you know he wears a mask um like over Mm -hmm. his eyes and there's like tassels over his mouth so you can kind of get a it's really cool yeah it's a really cool look you kind of get a feel for what he looks like but it's still you wouldn't recognize him in public um yeah and he just has this really cool uh mystique to him just the way he dresses it's got that wrestler facade yeah that's probably something that drew me I, i feel like it's very influenced by pro wrestling um, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's making his own little lore and his own mythos. Yeah. I, I wasn't able to Google this. I don't know where I heard this from. So anyone listening, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think it might've been like, you know, in ja- uh, Japan, the like Kabuki, uh, sort of actors that oh, like, yeah, yeah. face paint. 
I think it might have been that school of acting. They teach you that, like, if your face is covered up or you're wearing a mask, you can actually be more authentic and more emotional than if your face was showing. Because there's something where you feel more comfortable. The rest of your body becomes looser. It's, like, more true and more honest than having your face shown. And Hmm. I feel like Orville Peck is doing a similar thing because I feel like when I show him to people, they think he's a gimmick, but his songs are like, he doesn't write funny songs. Like his songs are sincere and very Mm -hmm. emotional. There's nothing gimmicky about the music. Yeah. I mean, baby, we got major blues kind of sets the tone from the beginning of the record. Uh, I think that it's, that's really interesting that you brought that up. Well, if he were not Orville Peck, I wonder how positively this album would be received because the costume nature of it, the like hiding of one's identity, like I think is very in line with like what it what it is like for gay youth and like gay culture. Like mm-hmm. for so long and still now they have to hide these parts of themselves and but they also like there's a big part of the culture that's about like you know you know there are drag queens um obviously like you know trans culture is you know it's been a lo- around for a long time but it's gaining a lot more steam as far as like how do you construct that like outer identity to show to people and i think by removing his personal life and just letting this be Orville Peck the you know righteous gay cowboy you get an opportunity to explore like a whole new like dichotomy of like musical identity as opposed to like, well, who's Orville Peck dating right now? Or like, I mean, he's a pretty major star. Like he's, forgive me. Didn't he do a song with like Shania Twain or someone like that? Yeah, he put out an EP between these two records and there's a song with Shania Twain. I mean, you can't get much bigger than that. Shania Twain's a huge get. And um, and Orville Peck's Canadian. That's you know, you know what bigger country Canadian country star? I guess he could do a song with Neil Young, but Neil Young and that's Shania interesting Twain too because he's a, the two Canadian legends. That's interesting that you bring that up. So this music feels very American. You know, it's there's nothing. There's almost no musical genre more American than um, country music because it just it that's just how America feels. Like when you think of America. You think of like Hank Hill, you think of like a dude in like a 10 gallon hat, you think of like a hawk or an eagle, you think of like, you know, Lone Star mm-hmm. beer. Like, you really do. You think of that and you're like a cattle rancher. Like, it doesn't matter that we're in this like tech era where it's like, you know, everything is still very like, and this guy's South African and Canadian, and he is, he, he manages to harness this like the California glow in his music. Like, he manages to like, harness this energy that's like undeniably American, which I think makes him so appealing. And I I really, really want to know, there's got to be people who have heard his music that fucking love it. And they have, and they're probably homophobic and they have no idea that he's gay, you know? And, or, you know, they may, maybe they're just not listening to the lyrics very, very well. And then, you know, they play the wrong song in the jukebox at their bar or something. And, you know, the guy's like, Hey, what the hell are you doing? But I wonder that. Too. I, I'll, I'll shut up about that. I think, I think the mask, the whole like aura was smart because if he didn't do it, I don't know if I ever would have heard him. There's, 
plenty of country music artists out there that do this kind of thing, this retro sound, and I don't ever hear them. Yeah. Because he had this whole aesthetic, he signed to Sub Pop Records for the first album. He was able to kind of hedge his bets. Like, maybe normal country fans won't like me because I'm a proud gay man, but mm-hmm. I'll loop in the gay community, drag queens, and then he has a bunch of like people like me, like punk music fans that found out about him. He, he was able to build up this fan base outside of country music. And now I feel like with this album, he's going for all the country people too. Yeah, he is. He he really like even the the iconography on the, on the cover here. But I think that Orville Peck is kind of like part of the wave that was started with like Lil Nas X yeah, and you know all that stuff. Like it was really bound to happen that like Casey Musgraves the younger crowd really like pushing ca- what can be called country. Yeah, and I mean, even arguably like Taylor Swift mm-hmm. like was on the early end of like country becoming indie. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that any of these genres necessarily are belittled by any of these like, you know, connections to like, you know, what's your cool factor, you know, like, but... No, but, but think Orville about Peck how much... immediately has that. Think about how much hip hop, like, if you turned on uh, hip hop radio in 1990, 2000... 2010, 2020, they would all sound vastly different. Oh, sure, certainly. Country yeah. music doesn't really have that. Country music is long overdue for like a shift. I agree. Yeah, and and I think it needs like a character change too. Like we need to have it needs to be it's, more inclusive. I don't honestly, need to feel as like a you know left leaning as fuck. Uh, not very masculine dude. I don't need to feel like unwelcome by country music. It needs to feel more inclusive. Right. And I also would venture to say that like, as I was saying earlier, like country music's always kind of been open. It's just was placed under these like different genres. Like I I think that it's always kind of been around and inclusive. I think there's just like the American country scene at large is like, dominated by these like closed-minded people like fucking kid rock i think falls falls under country now right i don't i mean i guess most of his career at this point yeah but it's because we and, judge and, it by and like he's a piece of shit but yeah you know it's it's because we judge it by what we grew up hearing on the radio or people at school yeah. listening to but like if i judged rock and roll music by what i heard on the radio and i thought when I was a kid, that Creed and Nickelback were indicative of all rock music, I probably wouldn't like punk. Like it, it wasn't fair of me right. to judge the genre by what was on the radio. And I think it's it's worth mentioning that you and I, like our generation, is probably the last generation that truly grew up like listening to radio. Like that was one of the only things you could listen to in the car, mm-hmm. unless like your parents had CDs, and it had an impact on us, you know. My mom listened to fucking 102.3 The Max and all they played was like soft rock like Matchbox 20. So obviously like I, I liked Max, Matchbox 20 songs. Um, <laughs> Ian's coughing because he like can't believe that I just said that. Wasn't a bit. Uh, shout out Rob Thomas okay and uh, Simbad on uh, Always Sunny. Great episode. Yeah. And, and I, 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 I'm kind of baffled that it took this long for there to be like a mainstream like gay country music icon. Because like, 
Brokeback Mountain's so awesome. Yeah, like, maybe there's one I don't much... know about, but I don't. There's got to be another one. I'm sure there's somebody. I can't think of, yeah, any. I'm sure there's any, somebody. Like, uh, you know, big countries, big gay country stars. <clears throat> there's certainly. I'm sure ones. there's somebody, but um, he kind of broke that mold with that, you know, with that like new country wave, we'll call it, I guess. But um, yeah, no. I, 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 I was staggered by some of the songs on this record and um, just the colors that were emoted like in my mind listening to the album and kind of like cruising around in my car, like, you know, blasting it out of my car windows. Like, it, I was kind of, I just felt enamored with like him and like, the personality that comes through on the album. And I haven't even, you know, been able to dive deep into the lyrics, but there's some really, really sad songs on here. Like, and it doesn't feel like a sad record at times, but um, he really captures this like humanity that I've never heard anybody capture before. I'm really just, I think that that Pitchfork review got it all wrong. And I think that my musical scope is so shaped by them because when I check for new music, my like round I go through is like, I go to like pitchfork to see like what's come out. If they give it a review, a certain kind of review, I'm like, oh, I might give this more of a chance. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of stuff that they review that doesn't get a best new music that falls through the cracks that's really, really, really good. And I think that this album kind of got shafted because I don't know. I think it's pretty great. Yeah, he really stepped it up lyrically these songs I, I saw that he wrote a lot of it during like lockdown of covid and although none of these songs are about covid directly i think he really tapped into that loneliness we all felt in really profound ways like you brought up the curse of the black and die like that song about like trauma and depression just following you around and not being able to escape it and or always going back to the person that abused you mm -hmm. You know, like, no matter what, you never learn. Uh, Which is such a fucking, like, good idea for a country song. Yeah, that, that's what a lot of this, like, let me drown about, like, not wanting to get better. Like, about sometimes how you just, like, give in to your I know. qualities. It's, like, it is insane. Th this is the stuff that, like, the genre was made off of. And I wish we had grown up with songs like this on the radio and not, like, Rascal Flats, you know? Yeah, well, but it, it does really, really connect with, like, the good country that was on the radio. Like, you know, I remember country being very female, and I do think that it was very probably, there were probably men writing a lot of the songs for a long time, but, like, the whole concept of, like, like there's that Carrie, what's her name? Carrie Whitehouse, is that her name? Carrie Underwood. Carrie, Carrie Underwood. <laughs> Some kind of, White House was close enough. <laughs> That's where the Carrie Underwood. Was. Um she has, uh, thank you for the history <laughs> lesson. Um, I I remember this song that was big with Carrie Underwood after she won American Idol where it was like, t she talked about keying this girl's car. Oh yeah, maybe next time she'll, like, he'll think before he cheats. Yeah, like those are, country music is all about like, I'm stuck in this sh shitty situation, but like don't fucking try to come and get me out of it. I gotta be here. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna be fucking depressed and you're gonna fucking listen to it. And that's what I like about Orville Peck is he, like, 
there's this like you're trapped in here with my instability and my depression and that's so american like but I'm it's gonna be awesome and i'm just gonna keep fucking up and you're gonna have to deal with it yeah it's it's exactly that i mean it's it's really really like i am really really fucking surprised to, that i'm saying this but this is a strong juby contender like i thought this was gonna be a one and done for me but like, I imagine I'll revisit this album and listen to it more. I mean, Soul Glow was on fucking repeat. I still want to listen to that. Mm-hmm. And Great. I'm excited to listen to this more. I love this album. Like, uh, there's the video with my girl Riley Keough for Hexy Mountains. Uh, shout out Zola. Shout out Under the Silver Lake. Is that she... Hexy Mountains? Is that... Um... Get this. Is that the one where they're, like, dancing on the car? I don't know. It's where they're. She's wearing. She has like a red wig, and they go to this hotel, and they open a briefcase. Yeah, like the Pulp Fiction briefcase thing. Yeah, is that Elvis's granddaughter? All right, you beat me to the punch. So Elvis is fucking huge to this record. There's yeah. a line in one of the in one of the songs where uh, he, you know, she's like, "I'm not a big fan of Elvis." He's like, "I'm not a fan of this conversation anymore." Yeah, a little <laughs> and Elvis, it's a great a line. Less conversation, please. And I think our opinion, I don't want to speak for you. We've, we've always kind of been like fuck, like a, uh, like on a fuck Elvis kind of thing. But I read this great article, and we're going to come around to your point about the granddaughter thing. I, I just really was excited to make this connection. Um, there's a great article that was on junkie.com about this record. It came out on the 11th of March. And the quote, for the record, is COVID saved my life, Orville Peck on the deep depression that inspired Bronco. And so I'm reading about this. There's a huge section of the article where they talk about Elvis and, like, I think he's he didn't say this, but the, the writer of the article said that Elvis kind of got, like, he, he obviously he did steal a lot from black artists, but he was kind of trying to shake that off at a certain point because, like, he just got he he got that a bad rap about that, you know. Um, anyway, read the article; it's really really good. There's also a great article I read on uh, treblezine.com that talks about this. Anyway, so I'm reading all about this. Elvis comes up, you know. I then I see the connections with like Nick Cave, and then I I list, I start watching these videos. Homegirl Riley Keough shows up, and then. Like you said, she's fucking Elvis's granddaughter. And I was I was like, what are the odds that like she is just connected to this like new coming of Elvis in some Pretty ways? Pretty fucking cool. You know? Anyway. Yeah. I, thanks for uh appeasing me on that. I, I'm a big fan of Elvis's sound, especially the like country sound. I just when I say fuck Elvis, I mean fuck him as a person, but I Obviously, misogynist, shitty. Guy. I like, yeah. um, and I like a lot of like Roy Orbison. I like a lot of the people who sound like Elvis as well. Absolutely. It, well, I'm excited to to to, to dive back into it because you know I like you know Blue Moon of Kentucky and all that shit. But you know, it's this has like sort of uh, inspired me to look more into like country seriously and like find some stuff that I can really connect with. Yeah, I think I wish I had given it the genre chance earlier in my life. I think, um, and most of the people we know aren't country fans. Like we just, we're, we're not around that world, but I think 
a lot of us write it off as like ignorant shit when it's not, you know, how could a whole genre of music be racist and ignorant? Like, there's, Here's another there's thing. There's got to be good stuff out there, and there is. The older I get, the more guarded I get about change, I've noticed. It's not a good quality. I think it has something to do with being old and wanting to protect yourself. I don't, I don't know if that's bullshit or not. I might cringe hearing myself say that a year from now, but that's how I felt this year. And when I put this record on, I, I had this strong feeling to resist it. And I thought a lot about that. And I, and I want to reiterate to the listeners, if that happens to you with this record, I find that this music, you really, really have to let your guard down with it and be willing to sort of let it seep into you. Because if you let the like pecky and blood flow through you and you put the mask on and you allow yourself to like walk a mile in those golden pants, you're going to be very, you're going to be drawn into this world. Like there is a whole world being created here. I think it was released as like a part one, part two situation. I didn't get to read a lot about that, but I, I believe that's how it happened. Yeah. You put out, um, um, you put out four songs, another four songs, and then the whole album. So I, I would definitely like, I'm not saying our listeners are like me and they might be a little bit closed off to like trying new, new things like in a genre that's not their huge, like their biggest, they're not a biggest fan of. But with this one, if I like when I allowed myself to just really listen to it, enjoy it, like, you know, Bronco run wild, like that, that's really silly. There is a silliness to that, but I think like it's also equally fun. And especially once you get to the like, you know, more like the slower songs like Trample Out the Days, Hexy Mountains, Kalahari Down, Curse of the Black and I, like you really, really tap into this. Like it feels very vintage and fresh all at the same time. And I don't know. I just, I was really excited to talk to you about this one like all day today because I was like listening. To, I listened to it like at least once or twice before we recorded. And, um, I was just like, I cannot fucking believe I like this record as much as I do. Yeah, I was stoked to hear what you had to say too. When you sent me the next text, when you like were like, actually, I do want to do this episode. I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what Jake has to say. Really, this like watching the music videos, I was like, this shit's just so tailor. It's even better with that. It's so tailor made for us, like being superhero fans, like you know, mm -hmm. just the costuming yeah. and the persona. I love shit like that. Well, I I liked that there would be videos where he would be like in the video, but it would seem like no one knew he was there, and then he would mm -hmm. seemingly they would notice him there, and he's it, it, like, there's this really cool like ethereal quality that not a lot of musicians lock in like he does. I I really enjoyed like seeing him do that. Did you watch the Shania Twain uh, song music video? No, I didn't get to that one. You should check that um, one out. I'm guessing because it was a song with her, the the budget was higher. It's just a little more, like a big a bigger production than the other ones. I wanted to ask you. Um, you can edit this out. Uh, I I got about like 15 minutes left before we need to wrap it up. Okay. Uh, I hate to put a time limit on it because this episode's great, but um, I wanted to ask you. The last track on the record is a duet, all I can say. Do you know who that singer is on there? I really liked that. I did too. I looked it up. It wasn't someone I was familiar with. Let me see if I can find it real quick. 
so I'll, her name, I think, is Bria. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, I didn't know who she was. I looked her up and I saw that she was in a band on Sub Pop and now is doing solo music, but I, no, I wasn't familiar with her music. So there's a so when you go to the Wikipedia page and you go to the track listing for that track, um, it's the last one on the record. There's a name that you can click on with a hyperlink, Duncan J. Hennings. And then there's a name under there, Bria Salmina. And then when you click on Duncan's name, it takes you to the Wikipedia page for a band called Friggs. Yeah, that's her band. They're, I guess and, they're both in that band. Yeah. And there's not really anything much about them that's like a little bit of their history, but... It says since 2019, they have been touring members of Orville Peck's band. So I guess they're just like friends of his from his Canadian punk days. Uh, yeah, I think so too. But, I listened to one song by, oh, are they Friggs? And they're not, they're not country at all uh, or anything. So yeah, I'm guessing mm -hmm. he was connected to them through whatever punk band he used to play in. Well, this gives me an idea that we can talk more about off air, but I really think that we need to do a deep dive into some country. Like, I think it wouldn't hurt to maybe do an episode about some Elvis songs, you know, obviously we'll rec or, or we could do Johnny Cash or, you know, we can do a mixture. Like we can each like make up our own, like, you know, we'll do some homework and we'll do like a, a redheaded stranger. You know, here's by our, Nelson. Yeah. You know, whatever we want to do. And you know, maybe we can do a like a like a country music play like mixtape, like where our friend wants to get into country, and you know, maybe for like a little on later down the line, maybe like in the latest summer, we can do something like that. But just an idea um, might be fun, and for people listening who aren't huge country fans, it could be cool for them if they're if they dig this record, they might be looking for more. It's sort of comforting to me to listen to. It is comforting. That is a perfect word. That's exactly how I felt about because it. Because I, I grew up feeling so like out of touch with where, you know, growing up in Kentucky, I felt so disconnected from everything around me. And I was just sitting there in my room with like my punk magazines and like I felt like no one around me was into what I was into. And obviously there were yeah. some people, but like at large, I felt so lonely. And then now listening to country music and liking it, I feel like it sort of like eases the pain of childhood where I'm like, okay, I, now I do like some stuff that like everyone around me liked. I don't know. It's just comforting to me. Well, well, also bigger picture too. Like think about all the like queer kids growing up in like Appalachia and they had to hear this music that was like associated with like, mm -hmm. you know, negatively with who they identified as. And now they have this like, like Orville Peck is really like I don't I don't want to say lucky because that seems condescending, but like what an incredible time for you to be a gay country music icon. Like, you know, and you kind of got the whole package. Like you got your 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 body's like ripped, you got a nice little flat tummy, you look fucking hot in jeans and boots. Like, you know, I think it's really cool that there's going to be a lot of gay kids growing up around the world that can look up to this guy and be like, who love country music, you know? Like, I remember hearing, um, they weren't uh, gay, obviously. I think it's a trans person on uh, Pleasure Pod back when they were doing episodes. And it was uh, Wyatt, was that her name? Why? 
why uh and she talked about like growing up, like loving the Carter family band and stuff like that. And, you know, so it's like, this isn't music that's just for like straight white people. Like this is like something that I think can be like a huge, huge, huge movement and become like more deeply accessible and also just like welcome people into its orbit as opposed to like doing what happened to the Dixie chicks and just like pushing them out because they shat on, you know, HW. Yeah. I, I thought about that too. Like, you know, we also put gay people in a box like everything else, and I know. Right? I, I think a lot of people think like, "Oh, if you're gay, you like, uh, I don't know, like Lady Gaga and Charlie XCX." That's obviously not mm-hmm. true. Like, we've known gay people there into like noise music or death metal or hardcore rap, whatever. Like, just like any other type of people. So obviously, there's tons of gay country fans out there. All the gay people I know have pretty impeccable taste in music so I, I think they have a pretty good track record and, and i thought about like when we were growing up how like i would meet black people or have like black acquaintances that were like maybe not super into punk rock but like they were into the idea of it or liked a few bands but they didn't go to shows because they didn't feel comfortable they didn't feel represented and i imagine yeah. it would be the same way if you were a gay country fan like you wouldn't feel comfortable going to a a Toby Keith show, or if you did, maybe you'd want to dress differently than you normally would. Whatever, I don't know. Yeah. But it's great that Orville yeah. Peck well, is coming out here, like, giving all those people a voice. Yeah. Well, perfectly said. I, I, I agree with what you said. I think it's... He's opened up this floodgate where I think we're going to get... I mean... Uh, not only are we going to get continue to get... I think we've got a like a monster of a record coming from him after this. Cause this kind of feels like he's just kind of cracking his knuckles, seeing what he can do. You know, he's got all this extra, clearly he's got some extra funding at his disposal. Yeah. He could go. Um, I mean, he could go even more traditional. He could bring back mm-hmm. the post-punk stuff. Like, yeah, he could go any sure. number of ways. I, I know we're running a little low on time, Jake. What uh, is your favorite song or two? Man, it's hard to pick. I really like uh, Curse of the Black and Die. That's just always stuck in my head. Um, I love the guitar lick from Daytona Sand, which I think is just a great album opener. The guitars are so... Um, it's like the perfect amount of reverb. It's just like the best sounding yeah. guitars. Just It's just one degree of separation away from being an Explosions in the Sky song. <laughs> oh, man. Um, it really is. Come On Baby Cries, super catchy. Um I don't know. I'd pick every song probably, but Kalahari down and then um, Hexy Mountains. What about you? So so this is sort of like one of those albums where every time I listen to it, I have a different favorite. I would say right now, mm-hmm. Lafayette. I just love how like fast that song moves and the, the drums. And then... Yeah, the fast ones are fun on this album. And then I, I find Hexy Mountains to just be such a beautiful song about like... It's like the mountains are talking to him, like being out in nature and like kind mm-hmm. of like connecting to yourself and realizing the shit you need to change about your life, but not wanting to change it. And that song just hits me very, very hard. What do you think your sales pitch would be to somebody who doesn't like country to get them to check this record out? I don't know. I mean, I think I did. we did a good job, but it, it's sort of like something you have to... You, you said it perfectly, Jake, because it was the same shit I struggled with where like if I heard country music... I just told myself it was bad. You put that wall up yeah. immediately, and then if you put it on, you're not going to like it anyway. So you sort of, I mean, your sales pitch was perfect, that you just have to like, 
let those walls down. I had those same walls about hip hop when I was a kid because I didn't like hip hop and I had to mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. let myself be open to it. Um, mm-hmm. Back when you were reading Mind Comp. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Never read that. Um, but I, I think if you can do that, there's. So there's influences of stuff you probably like on here. There's there's definitely indie rock influences. There's the strong Morrissey thing, the Smiths. Like, I I think you'll find something to latch on to if you let yourself, even if you're not a huge country fan. To me, it just feels like it feels like a movie that you can put on in the background, but also can watch and be mm-hmm. captivated by. At any given time, dude. If, I, if I'm know? a film director, I'm looking at this album hard. That Kalahari Down song is like mm-hmm. that has to be a soundtrack to a movie. Yeah, it feels very. That's that's the the probably the last thing I wanted to remember to mention is it just feels very soundtracky. Like I think that's pretty purposeful given the like cover of the record and oh true the whole rollout is very cinematic. All the videos I started to get the picture like you know no pun intended uh, they're is clearly like a larger image that's being worked on here. And I wouldn't be surprised if we get an Orville Peck movie, you know, maybe not like a, a movie about him, but maybe one that he directs. I think, um, Orville, if you're listening, you know, me and Jake can write, we could co-write the Orville Peck graphic novel. I'd love to do that. Just hit us and up. We'll do all the kayfabe. Yeah. We'll keep it all true to character. Hit us up. Won't make you a heel. There, there needs to be an Orville Peck graphic novel. Yeah, yeah. Who would, uh, who would do the art for that book? Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire could do like a side story. Yeah, it's he's too like a, water. He's too. Uh, you, you want someone like really dynamic? Uh, what about the the? How about Frank Quitely? What about Fiona Staples, the girl of the saga? Oh yeah, that's perfect. I think that'd be. Yeah, dope. she'll do a good job. You know, hot take. I don't know if I give a fuck about Saga, but I don't know if it's because I haven't read enough of it. I'm rereading it right now, actually. I, I love Saga. Hey, you know what? Maybe that's a good surprise when Quink birthday gift to send me a copy of Saga. Yeah, I'll let your mom know. Ian always likes to send me all the books that he didn't like for my birthday. He just gives me all his trash. That's not true at all. <laughs> I find that I put a lot of thought into gifts, and you know that. I know I'm teasing you. All your gifts are great. Uh, Orville Peck is on you tour. His tour starts today, actually, in Sacramento. He's going to be on tour oh, for the next two right. months. So if you all, listen all to this you album. All you sackheads out there, go up there. <laughs> if you listen to this album and like it, go <laughs> check him out. Absolutely. I co-sign on that. Um, and I just, I, I just could talk about this record for a long time. It was... These albums are really important for us to cover on the podcast. One, because they're challenging to me because it's not something I would go out of my way and like to immediately listen to. But now I'm just like, I'm really like invigorated and like excited to like look more into country. And I think that's a beautiful thing that Orville Peck's doing for, you know, country music that's been overlooked Mm -hmm. for a long time. Like, you know, I don't think you could have paid me $10 to listen to Merle Haggard like a year ago. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, now I would pay you $100 to let me listen to a Merle Haggard song because I'm so interested in figuring out the history of it, you know? 
Merle Haggard's story is cool. Like that dude was in prison and he saw he saw Johnny Cash on the prison tour, and he was like, "That's what I want to do." And then he just started writing, you know, country songs. Jake, there's a podcast called Cocaine and Rhinestones. You should check out. It's all the like crazy country music stories like that. Oh, I, I, I mean, that's the other cool thing too that we could go on and on about is like country music is just so fucking crazy. Like the like real like down and dirty like country people like like that Merle Haggard story like there's so much cool mm-hmm. shit like that it's kind of like it's kind of like the cool stuff that's like similar to like the lore on the Sopranos where it's like you know Tony Sirico plays one of the uh, plays Polly Walnuts like he was in prison and a like touring theater group came to his prison and performed and a light bulb went off for him and he was like that's what I want to do when I get out of here and he's an actor still to this day. You know, that was what I'll, I'll, I'll keep this short because I could go on this for forever. But that was what finish up. That's cool. That was what made Johnny Cash so like important was that he he did that prison show. And he gave all these people who thought they were worthless, like they treat you like shit in prison. And they were like, oh, this dude cares about us. And like, I could do that, too. Or like my life matters. Like, mm-hmm. and that shit's so important. And. We're better about that now, like, sending gifts to prisoners. But, like, imagine what it was like back then. Like, they probably didn't get shit for, like, entertainment or anything. And he... I still feel like it's pretty bad, but, yeah. That that was so, like, important that that happened. Yeah, and uh, if you're listening and you haven't heard any of the Folsom County uh, Prison... Is that, is that the name of the album? Folsom County Prison? Live at Folsom, Folsom City Prison? Folsom, yeah, something like that. Uh... Check that out, Johnny Cash. It's an incredible record. Um, Never heard of it. What's the song on there? Uh, counting. He's like uh, twenty-five seconds to die or something oh, like that. Twenty-five song. minutes. Yeah, counting down. Yeah, he's gonna be executed. Yeah, Johnny Cash, man. Mm. Just like Chef's Kiss, like that guy, like knew how to write a goddamn song. Like my homie Ian over here, we're working on some fresh Via Animo shit. You know what I'm saying? Country music. Country Music 2022. <laughs> this has been Jubilee Street and Music Podcast. Indeed. Ian was just about to tell you that we have a Gmail. Indeed. Jubilee Street at gmail.com. We got a mailbox. You can send us that mailbag. Um, we love getting hate mail, but we prefer getting love mail or just like conversation mail. We love to hear from you. Uh, we got an Instagram uh, at Jubilee Street Pod. Mm-hmm. You can check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts under the same name, Jubilee Street Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to see two cartoon characters, one guy wearing a mask, that's Ian, one guy not wearing a mask, that's me, Jake. So, Anti-masker. Uh, if you find that, you're in the right place, anti-masker. And like us, rate us, subscribe us, share it with your friends. And uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Yeah! There we go, 99. Where do we go? See you